Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Hey, take 25. We did yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Don't mess with <laughs> don't mess with the formula. Yeah. Um, well, how are you? How is your eye? I, I saw you on video briefly and it still seems like you're squinting. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's much better. So I, I started traveling. I flew last week for the first time and I'm flying again next week. Where, where did so you fly to? to? The, just to Vancouver because... Uh, in this remote life, I now work for a Vancouver company, so it's like an hour-long flight. So, was this the first time you you saw them in person? Yep, yep. Is yeah, that is that weird very, when you've been working for several months and then you just oh, you're so 3D? It is. I think it's like you know that book Flatland. It's yeah. like suddenly you know you're in the land of 3D. And everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a little bit a like like book. BYOB where. All the net artists met each other in person. Mm-hmm. But you take this, there's a double take at first as you like take in all the new information to recreate like a better version of, you know, all the people you're meeting in your head. Like the 3D model gets a, you know, fully scanned. So you, there's, at least there's some cognition I noticed that happens. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then I'm doing new treatments for my eye. Like I had this crazy new, these new drops. I'm, that are made from my blood. They're like rich platelet blood, like drops, the plasma, uh, rich Weird. platelet plasma. Or so the, platelet the, rich plasma. Can you explain a little bit why it has to be made from your blood? Well, because like normally when you put eye drops in, it doesn't do any healing for your eyes, kind of synthetic. Um, but these are made from your body's own like healing properties. It sounds like bullshit, doesn't it? But well, it's no, like, but it, it's, it's interesting why... <laughs> Your eyes are inside of your body, so you would think whatever has to yeah. go to the eyes to heal them would already be in your body, but then you, you have well, to extract yeah. it and enhance it and then bring it back. Basically, it's so dry in Calgary. They told me like if I lived in Hawaii, I probably might be fully recovered by now. Oh. But it's so dry where I am. Like Why the don't relative you humidity go to, was to Hawaii for three months. I know. I said that. That's to them. a great I was like, idea. Would it help? And they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I was like, why not? Yeah. Um, but Vancouver is kind of as humid as Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're like, if you were, it, because it's so dry, your eye's not, you know, lubricating itself enough and it slows the healing process. I so. love the humid weather in Brazil. And the, yeah. In the, in the winter, everywhere you have heating on is really dry, but I then know, here so. it's already really dry. I, was, I bought a little thing to measure the, the relative humidity, and it was like below 10%. It <laughs> you turned like the machine on zero. and exploded. It's like, I can't deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it just turned into dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway. uh, uh, you're on the right track. Like uh, you, You're feeling confident about it. It's one day at a time. Yeah. That's the best, that's the best track to be on. How about you? How, how, how are things? Uh, good. Pretty busy, but the things are coming together. And... Uh, Tomorrow, no, the day after, I'm announcing my new NFT platform thing. My, uh, I, I made it basically an Artblocks engine website, what they call it. So it's, it's their back end, mm-hmm. but then I can release my own stuff on my, at my own pace. And are you one of the first, first, person, first people to do um, this? No, so they have this product, Artblocks engine, and I think they have a bunch of brands that use it. And then mm-hmm. there's maybe three or four artists that used it that you might not be familiar with. It's a different scene. Mm. But um, it was pretty challenging. I, I, I was a little, I mean, I've been working with Rainier forever and he also did this. So you use their back end and he built the front end and uh, we worked together on it. And But it was pretty tough, like weird stuff. It's, it's so many, because it's an ecosystem, NFTs, everything has to work yeah. together. Um, and then this whole blockchain thing is kind of fuzzy. Like, did it happen? Did it not happen? It, it's it's very different because it's not on your on your server. Yeah, we created a platform uh, in Berlin. Uh, me and some folks at Penka Gallery a couple of years ago, like just a proof of concept NFT yeah. platform. But it was using off the shelf. No, tools, but it, 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 that's not on chain. So this is all on chain code. That's what makes it. No, complex. I know, I know. Yeah. All but I'm my, saying my, is, my point it was being, more difficult than we expected. Yeah, because like, everyone my thought point, it was going to be easy. My point is more. I got a little depressed. Uh, like, me and Rainier can handle this together with Artbox. Mm. It's fine. But if this is the future of the creator economy, I just mm. don't think it. It should be way easier. But 
the, I mean, we've ta we've talked about this at length. The 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 conflict between usability and systems becoming gated and proprietary and monopolistic. Yeah. And, is that but a there word? are some like square. There's like Squarespace companies for for but web Squarespace, three that are coming up. Yeah, but Squarespace is already. I, I, if you really imagine, even as much as you know, I've been working with technology for 22 years. I'm still using Artblocks' backend to render images mm -hmm. and store them and things like that. I could do it 100% yeah. independent, but that would take a couple of months longer. And there's also something nice of being. But when you look at generative art, you know this idea of a code-based mm -hmm. thing that mints variations. There's a couple of um, other art like Verse. Do you know them? No, Verse like a no, chicken Verse. Verse. It's like a it's like a fine art NFT pro oh. platform, but they're also using Artblocks' engine, and so they're mm. kind of becoming the technical standard. And that's again not very decentralized, but uh, it just works well. So why reinvent the wheel? And I guess it, I think they're going to be the WordPress for code based art. Um, I was thinking like more like Notion. Have you used Notion? No. What's that? Uh, Notion started out, it's like, it's kind of like a wiki tool, but it's actually, it started out as a tool to make your own apps, like web apps, but it's it more like, but it morphed into this thing that lets you kind of do anything, uh, with Is like it kind of a CMS. Yeah, kind of. It's hard to explain. It literally was like, if you want to do, a, if you want to build a project management app, but you don't want to like pay a subscription to like, I don't know, whomever, like you know, uh, whatever company at last, you know, Atlassian or something like that, Jira, um, then you could build it yourself in this in like two clicks. Uh, and basically they started out as like a programming language and then it was like build a building blocks. And then eventually they're like, Hmm, building blocks are too complicated for people. Templates are what people want. Mm. And so okay. it's kind of like you drag and drop templates together, but yeah. it's very, not ugly. Like whenever I I, I say the word Squarespace, <clears throat> a piece of me dies, like in my body. Like my the designer my designer self. Like what's wrong with Squarespace? Have you used tried to design no. anything in Squarespace before? No. Oh my god, it's the illusion of customization. It's just too little. It's just like uh, uh, the, everything looks bad. Basically, it's impossible. Like no, if I you thought, try and modify I thought, anything, I thought Artblocks was. Uh, um, I thought Squarespace was pretty good if you're a photographer, or like a portfolio website. If you that's just use the templates and you don't mess with them, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah just don't mess with them. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, but it would be great if the NFT space had like something where you could just snap blocks together, you know, or templates together. Well, I, I thought about it, and one of the problems is when the technology becomes very easy to use and uh, free then it's not special anymore. So it's not like, wow, how did you do that? It's like, oh. So mm -hmm. anyone can send a text message and then you can say, well, my text messages are artworks. And people are like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, But I because when certain things are harder in a category, and it's like, oh, you made your own AR filter before mm. anybody else, that makes it special. The fact that not many people can do it. Same. The, the funny maybe, thing about that is... Maybe like, the same yeah. goes for abstract painting. Like many people make abstract paintings, but... If you make them four by six meters, then people are like, oh, that's art. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I thought that was true with AR filters as an example, and I, that's why I stopped doing it. But then as they became more popular, people were like, you've been doing this a long time. Can you show us how to do it? And I was like, ooh, I better get back into this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so No, but it, I, I think know, still AR filters are too hard for people to make, not to use, but to make. It's so funny. I mean, literally, I did a workshop last week on how to build an AR filter. It's like a 30-minute workshop. It's like so easy to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing, I don't think there's an easier but workshop you, you I can But you couldn't give. make uh, something very different from most. Like Then you need some know-how. If you No, need. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, basically, if you want to do anything other than like snap shapes to your face or whatever, um, like if you want to start to get into weird stuff you've never seen before. Yeah, like let's say you you want to make one where you grow a rainbow beard or something, that, and it and it yeah, moves. Yeah, you have with to get face. into. Yeah. you have to do a little bit more shader programming and stuff. But they have a visual programming language now for um, Lens Studio. Oh, but uh, you know, so you can like drag and drop things together. Yeah, so it's getting better and better. 
So how do we segue into burnouts? Well, we're talking about a lot of stuff. Maybe it's <laughs> stressing people out. We're like, yeah. then you could do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do have an odd, a listener question, though. Yeah. So, so the, the, the uh, question comes from Jack Rieger, and he asked us to talk about burnouts. And uh, we talked about writer's block before, but this is a bit of a different angle. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, when so I first read the question... The first thing that popped into my head is like, oh, I never had this. I never dealt with it. Who am I to talk about this topic? But I do deal yeah, with stress it... and anxiety and, and et cetera. So I, I, I feel like uh, we, I mean, you also dealt with being in a job you didn't like for a long time and, and making yeah. a decision and all that stuff. So it, maybe we're both people who won't admit that they're stressed and we're like, oh, I'm fine. But I remember you hmm. saying Kristen noticed that uh, yeah, your mood was, was difficult. Yeah, it's usually not you that notices. Um, but like Jack, I like Jack's thing where he's like, "Burnout is the lack to even try at all." But I, I don't know if that was true ever in my case because, and I have a different. My personality is weird. Like I don't think I've ever reached that point of you know laying in bed and not wanting to get out of bed or not want to try. Um, but I've gotten to the point of such frustration that I like I don't. It's like it feels painful, you know? Well, like, I, um, I, I feel like I remember I always kind of liked school as a kid and, and, and onwards. I never minded mm-hmm. going to school. And then we had to do a, a workshop where the third years in art school had to, do, had to guide the second years on a project. So you're kind of a mm-hmm. teacher for a week. And that was the first time I would wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I really don't want to go. And I never felt that feeling before. And it... We had to do this assignment. I didn't like the assignment. The students didn't like them. I had to artificially motivate them when I knew it was bullshit. And just every, every day of that week, I was like, ugh. So I feel like burnout is, has a lot to do with being in, a, in an ongoing task you don't like for years. Mm, yeah. So you know what to expect, and you know it's not going to be good, and you know you have to keep doing it. Yeah. Mm. That kind of makes sense. Recently... Uh, you know, I've gone through a few periods, like coming out of that period, Kristen mentioned, you know, where she was like, Jeremy, if you don't change something, you know, I'm going to change you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How did she, how did she start noticing and talking to you about it? Because were you defensive? mm, It would just be like at the end of the day, I'd start like complaining about this one person that was really just taking the joy out of what had previously been very joyful work. And sucking life out of me <laughs> and, and out of the mood at home yeah because then i would just stress about them you know i think we've all had a bad boss or someone who i haven't but it, it, this is one of those things i think i talked about before where i often just keep my mouth shut mm. because it's like when people have problems with roommates and you don't have a roommate and mm-hmm. you're like hmm yeah, I mean, there are people that bring you energy and then there are people who kind of take it away. So you, even if you haven't had a bad boss, you've been around someone that's like... Have you watched that show uh, In the Shadows on Disney Plus? It's like about vampires. And one oh, of the yeah, vampires yeah, the is energy like... Vampire. I, yeah. The energy what, vampire. The energy vampire just works in, in a corporate environment. Yeah. 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 And he's a corp- He's just working in corporate culture, chatting with people and sucking their energy. <laughs> and he thrives on it. Uh, yeah. He thrives on it. Like... That can, that, you know, that's one of the things I noticed in the pandemic was I used to get a lot of just like weird, like energy in a positive way that, but also somewhat adrenaline by being in person with people. Like there was, it's kind of weird. Like if you've performed live and you've given talks, right? Yeah. Do you, have you ever felt like people always say this, like you feel the energy of the audience. Yeah, for sure. And it's terrible on Zoom. I've done talks on Zoom and it's terrible. Yeah, you're like, are, are you on mute or, yeah. like, you know, even having a conversation, but you can't, there's no response, it's right? It's very, very strange. It's like doing uh, jokes in front of your, in, in your bedroom or something, in front of your mirror. I mean, that's literally what I did for the first part of my career. <laughs> but, but, and that's what's weird for me because like I spent the first 10 years just performing for my webcam uh, with no one on the other side and then uploading videos yeah. like, as a YouTube artist. And now so that's you, like you've, you've crossed life. the cringe threshold years ago. It's no big deal anymore. 
Well, except that I found live audiences, you know, kind of after that. And I, that, you know, that's kind of like when I met you too. And it's just such a good feeling. It's just so much fun. Yeah. 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 And I guess I'm telling the story because like I've, I've noticed my, my ability to like keep from feeling stressed and burnt out seems to be dependent on, and I, I think it's just my personality type and everyone's different, but like my ability to be around crowds uh, of people so and not be admired by them, but just be in that energy. But all that being said, do you feel like, let's say that you never had a burnout, but you had a period when you, yeah. you'd been with the same job for a long time and it was hard to leave because you had developed all these great personal relationships, but it was a struggle. So it was a difficult choice, basically. It wasn't so bad that you would leave immediately and it wasn't good anymore. So well, I wasn't is, like is excited to make assessment? art or do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, so I think it's fair. But how, like, let's say that that decision period was two, three years, or how long would you say? Uh, it was pro- like start to finish was probably like eighteen months. Yeah. Before you know, two years by the time I was completely on the other side and happy again. And so, w- did that period of of doubt start before or during the pandemic? It was in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. it all happened. Okay. It all went down. In because the pandemic. this is yeah. the core of the question to me. It, it makes a lot of sense that uh, whatever disputes there are, they're easier to resolve in person. And there's so many more nuances and emotions. And there's the talk after work at, in the elevator and having a drink. And, and when you take out all those things, it's very tough. Yeah, even before the just before the pandemic, some good friends had left, you know, where I was working most of my days. And so I, it was, you know, feeling isolated had already started, but it was it definitely pushed me over the edge. Yeah. Uh, and then the bad people were all I could think of. Yeah. And I, I and I do wonder whether because we hear more and more about burnout, whether and I, like I feel like there's probably thousands of articles and we've read a bunch of them on, you know, pandemic causes burnout. It's because yeah. we're not spending well, I, time I, with each other. In my circle of friends in the Netherlands, the burnout thing, I, I remember when I was in art school, I was interning and talking to people and everybody was very afraid of carpal tunnel. So mm-hmm. people would work with the computer and that was kind of new to your whole life to be on a desk and people thinking... Oh, if I do this for a couple of years, my my arms are going to go terribly wrong and my back and I'll be out of a job. And that stress feeling of like, if I can't sustain my life and I can't use the computer. And so I would say that, let's say from 2000 to 2005, carpal tunnel was like something I heard about a lot. And people would have physical therapy. Then I stopped Mm -hmm. hearing about that. And then burnout came up. And a lot of people were like, I have to take a year off. I have to take a mm-hmm. leave, da, da, da. Um, yeah, I never noticed more leaves than I have, though, in the last, like, amongst colleagues, peers. Yeah. Everyone's needing to take more I mean, time than I've ever seen. It's one thing that always comes up is this, uh, the, the issue of privilege. So whenever I speak about not having a burnout and never having had a job, mm. uh, you know, a lot of people could react and say that's easy no for no me no to of say. course like front, like yeah. let's just take the frontline workers as an example they're obviously working way more hours under way more difficult circumstances like if you just take nurses as an example yeah and yeah. so we can say without a shadow of doubt okay they're and they're in person together right they're not it's not like they're on zoom calls right so i almost think there needs to be a little bit of segmentation <laughs> of what's going no, on no but here. I, and we won't I get think, to the answer i think but. in the context of this podcast we're mostly talking yeah, we're about, talking about the, artists ab- about artists in the creative industry so i i think yeah to make this discussion manageable because no no let's go there so i think the, even, but i was talking more about the privilege not the privilege not being a dishwasher but being your own boss yeah, okay. with your own projects which is different than working in an ad agency yeah. or uh sure Something. Different, definitely, than the situation I was in, because the yeah. but the creator economy there for the last couple of years, there's been this like the hamster wheel of you know YouTube, the hamster yeah. wheel of Instagram, of social media, NFT. and like yeah, and, and burnout a, among I've, I've creators. I've seen a lot of people having um, burnout in the NFT space because there was the thrill of the beginning, and then it goes down. And um, this is gonna sound weird, but I've been researching and seeing. I don't know how to even summarize this, but mm, there, there's 
there's people like Jeff Koons and Jerry Seinfeld who just seem like they can handle really big structures and be successful and they always seem happy. Mm-hmm. And David Lynch is maybe another example. And they're all into meditation. Or I, I know that Seinfeld and David Lynch mm. are. And then I was looking at all this hardcore punk music that I listened to in the 90s and a bunch of them are also Krishnas. And a lot mm. of it... And then, then you have Jeff Koons who talks about acceptance. And if, and most of them, the people that seem happy, are very interested in the task itself and not any goal outside of it. And that's what I've always been talking yeah. about on this podcast. And no, so I, that's nice. I feel... But I feel like if you can really shut out... that it, To me, everything... Maybe Seinfeld is the best example. I was just thinking about all this stuff. But you have several characters in Seinfeld, and, but they all live in the same city. And it doesn't matter where you put them. Kramer will always have good luck and be laughing and girls like him. And George will always be the opposite. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, George will always be stressed and Kramer will always be jolly. Like, mm, I see, yeah. And so... And then you have Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is even more extreme. Like, George Costanza was based on Larry David, and then Larry David is filthy rich, and he's still stressed all the time and neurotic, and he still has all these issues that he's not allowed in the golf mm-hmm. club anymore because he said something wrong. So nothing, yeah. nothing, I mean, and, and that's what I keep seeing. Like you They're just fictional have, characters, but they're archetypes of observations yeah. of people in the world. But we the see. weird yeah. thing is that it does seem there's a... In, in the things that I like, either David Lynch or Seinfeld or whatever, there is this aspect of focus and dedication. And, uh, um, mm-hmm. and so if I have any advice for any creative person is to enjoy the doing and not worry about the result. But then, obviously, a lot of people, an alarm bell will ring and be like, well, I have a mortgage, I have kids, I have to take care of this, I have to take care of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But... I can't help bills, that. I, yeah. I can't help that. So that it, it's one of those things that to me seems very simple, and that works for me. But I don't know how to. Mm. Apply no, but that. you're reminding me. Like there was a time where I was in very stressful work situations, but I never found them stressful at all. Except like I would usually be. I had a very anxious colleague that I worked very closely with, and. He'd be like, how do you know we're going to pull this off? And I was like, I don't. But, uh, you know, like, you're here, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I believe that the two of us can figure it out together. Yeah. And that, I remember being just, like, so in the moment and present. And when things didn't work, I was like, okay, this isn't working. Let's try it this way instead. And I love that. I find that in the moment argument a little bit suspicious because it's, um, I, I never meditated, so I don't even know. But that's what, I feel like, our general consensus of, of of our tribe is that it's it's somewhere between hedonism and Buddhism is sort of where everybody agrees. Like mm, you should yeah. be a good person, you should be kind, and you should do what feels right. And that's we don't come from the sort of Christian Catholic guilt all the time. That's kind of not in our culture. I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting a little spaced out here, but my point is mm. maybe. Wait, what was I getting at? <laughs> Completely <laughs> you, lost. What kind of tea did you have today? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, I mean, I, the, the thing I wasn't saying, obviously being present is a form of No, Oh, yeah, the, the, and... the now. So the now I find kind mm-hmm. of weird because I do feel like it's unique to humans to be able to think in past and future. Mm-hmm. So to shut that off, I, I get it. Like, don't worry too much. Don't worry too much about the future. And that's no, maybe... No, it's kind of funny because... Yeah. Yeah. But that's maybe the Are same thing I'm saying is, is like if you if you say, OK, I have an exhibition, I have three weeks to come up with the idea. Of course, you're going to yeah. be stressed. But if you say I have a lifetime to come up with ideas and every now and then there will be an exhibition and I will have a fridge full of ideas or a cupboard yeah. or whatever you call okay, it. That answers my question. Yeah. You're basically like I think you're like a. You know, there's the ant and the grasshopper. You're the ant. You're like getting everything ready for the winter all the time. Like you're always planning for. Yeah, the no, 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 no. The, but there's a difference. So it, I did notice making friends in the NFT space that the ant is maybe doing everything with the purpose of survival, which is also kind of fear based. It's like, oh, I gotta have enough mm-hmm. this. I gotta have enough that to make it. And maybe the grasshopper is enjoying playing the violin. 
And so maybe in, in real life, the things work out better for the grasshopper because he's having a good time and everybody's like, wow, you play the violin so well. Why don't you come stay at my place? And then the ant has his own place. And Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of us, though, like there is a, there is kind of, there are different stages to life. And I think like, I, this is just me personally reflecting. You always ask me to reflect on my own person. Yeah. Uh, and, and experience. And I think, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but in that free creative stage, just coming out of art school, I had, I, I could be reckless because I wasn't even sure I wanted to do the things I was doing. I wasn't, it was, they were all tests. And on top of that, I had this amazing safety net. Like my parents were so supportive. I, I, I feel so lucky every year that goes by, I think back to how supportive my parents were. And I know that's the, like a huge privilege, but you know, a lot of parents give out a lot of love and we're such you know, kind of shitheads to them during that age. But they were also like, if anything went wrong, I knew that they had my back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it gave me this feeling like I could take risks. And they talk about this in corporate culture too. And I hate the term. I hate this term, Raph. So when I say it, don't get angry at me. They say, you know, psychological safety. <laughs> but psychological safety is the feeling that if anything, go, if things go wrong, you won't be like shamed or hit over yeah. the head or punished for, and, you know, and, that, and you'll the, fi- that you'll find yeah, a way out of it. The opposite of that is is sort of conspiracy thinking that, that, that director Boots Riley from uh, Sorry to Bother You, he talked about that mm-hmm. unemployment is artificial and it's created to keep people in line. And... I don't know but if, if that's true, about, but yeah. but you could think like, oh, maybe we are creating an economic system where you constantly keep people in fear. It's like you see those people sleeping under the bridge; that could be you tomorrow. So you better. Get yeah, but back if we bring it back to the creative, the creative economy, even though like that could be you that doesn't get any, you know any attention for your post or whatever. And so I think like yeah, but that that's the thing. Like, of course you're not gonna you're not gonna be like a doctor age 45 with three kids and all of a sudden say, I want to be a full-time artist tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how it goes. But I remember, I, I, I worry a lot too, of course. And I'd been working full-time as an artist for whatever, 12 years. And then my stepdad I'm said... I'm Seinfeld and you're, uh, you're George. Yeah, <laughs> but my, my, my stepdad was like, it's been fine for 12 years. Why, don't you, why would it not be fine the next year? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy, I, I, I was trying but, to make an yes. encouraging statement that would make our listeners feel good, <laughs> and you blew it. I, I was like, "What if you're George?" Costanza? No, but I, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been feeling very strange lately. That you know, things are going so well, and then looking at a lot of concert videos of things I saw when I grew up, and then it's so normal when you're 15 or 18 and you start a band, and it's like no big deal. Yeah. And then at some point, everything in the world says you're not allowed to have fun anymore. And it, it seems that way. I, and that's what we're, we're talking about, the core yeah, no, burnout. I'm, it's like these weird, weird layers yeah. of expectations. And I just never, it never even occurred to me that I had to stop doing what I like. It, it, so This is what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about like a personal archaeology and yeah. that you could probably... You have to kind of scratch each layer, <laughs> and then eventually, like, oh yeah. yeah, I like doing this, and I and I don't want to. I don't need approve to seek approval. And it used to be that you know I had these people in my life that encouraged me, and sometimes they said they they caught me when I made a I fucked up or made a mistake. I I personally, you know, I don't want to go into the cliche territory of like, you know, because of cancel culture on the internet, which you know I'm actually not on for or against. You know, I think I've canceled some people myself personally. So like, but I think that created a bit of fear that in the early internet, there was kind of a fearlessness. Now, I don't, I don't believe in toxicity on the internet. I just remember the internet early on being really supportive. And that's why, you know, I wanted to, like, there's a, if I peel back my layers personally, I remember you and other people, like, you know, in our community, um, that would invite me out or if I visited Berlin, like constant would organize a dinner for me or whatever. And I felt extremely supported. I felt like I was part of a community and that, you know, I couldn't do wrong in that community. And I was doing really weird things. So for me, if I think back to the best time of my life in terms of like creative feeling, 
it was probably then because of the feel, the feeling of community and support and the ability to experiment without people were encouraging experimentation. There were these crazy things like where we'd create new artworks overnight. Like there were all these yeah. art hack kind yeah. of hackathon things and stuff. And that was encouraged, but um, the pressure mounts as you become more successful. So I think like it's not even necessarily but about the it? internet, but about I, I, a so career. I, the only thing where I don't well, not feel, for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like uh, pressure becoming bigger as projects become bigger. I, I don't worry about it too much. It's very um, step by step. You just you. It's like yeah. the frog frog in warm water, and the water gets hotter, but in a good way but the thing that stresses me out over time is the anything administrative and the, the professional side of it that becomes more stressful over time and i i, I think the most like, stressful thing yeah but i think it, you were in creative accounting not not creative accounting accounting for creative professionals Basically. yeah yeah and so you know firsthand uh, how developing that software how much uh mental health challenges there are in the in the finance side of that and the anxiety and removing anxiety and all those things okay yeah in both my previous role and my current role i talk to creators and then you know number one stressor continues to be money right like so that money continue continues to pull us down yeah (laughs) right like and it's it's not even so to me it's not that there's not enough or there's i don't know what's coming or whatever it's this constant yeah. fear. Uh, did I fill out all the forms? Is the government coming exactly. in and going to kill me? And it, like <laughs> your mind just goes nuts. Yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot to fill out. Well, because form, you're not blah, doing blah. anything anyone else. Yeah, you're not doing anything the normal way either, right? Like no. So no. of course, I always recommend an accountant. Uh, yeah. Like that was the I did. We had that conversation very early in our relationship. I was like, Raf, you know, we need a better accountant. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people are even afraid to have a conversation with an accountant. I know this because I would call customers up. And I remember doing this test very early on when I was at FreshBooks. And I would ask, so can you describe in a word, you know, how you feel about accounting? And people would say like, yuck, or God, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Or they, they just like but, swear. that they, The but, emotions were really raw. But what's interesting about it is um, I think artists are entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs also, they didn't start their business because they love doing the books it's they start the business because mm-hmm. they want to build something whatever and so i think a lot of people are in careers that they don't like out of fear of accounting or that that side of running the business yeah, i really sure. think that's that's a fear big of part risk. of it that plus healthcare in the u.s but basically there's so many layers of difficulty that a lot of people are like ah my job's okay i'll just stay here well, let me share something. <clears throat> I won't name anyone because this has happened multiple times. Like I've been a manager of designers my whole career. And on many occasions, I have the opportunity to give them a promotion, right? And invariably, and maybe this is just a social thing. It's not a designer thing. But they're always like, you know, I don't care about the money. And I'm like, I want to yell at them and say, like, I need you to care about the money, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I give them a raise and they're like, that's not why I do this. And I'm like, I know this is why you do this. But like... <laughs> well, that, that's Please, a, like, that's a very good yourself. point because I have quite a few friends who went through burnout and who really didn't work for half a year in a year. And most of them, no one said, I'm not getting paid enough, therefore I'm stressed. Zero people said that. And everybody says, I feel unappreciated. Yes. And so yes. in a way, they're trying to find love at their job more than they're trying to find sustenance. That's right. I mean, I've seen Which it over and over again as a manager. when you think about it, because it, it, it's, it, in theory, you think like, well, you have family and friends and work is just to, you know, pay the rent. But that's not I how think it's the like, human mind works. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it in regards to even like the entrepreneur um, and, you know, a lot of them feel isolated alone. And it's because if you're the boss, right, like, you don't know when it basically everyone's trying to drag you down, right? Like pull you down into, um, you know, your, your, their problems are your problems. Right. But I, I, I've managed so many people now that just saying you're doing a great job, keep doing what you're doing. And there's a, there's a philosophy in management and a book I w- had to read early on called first break all the rules. And the first rule is like, don't judge, don't try and make up for someone's weaknesses, right? Like 
there's this thing there's a book called strengths finder you can i don't necessarily suggest you do it but they let you, you know there's like a test you can take but basically it's a major gallup study book and they found that um managers who focus on people's strengths and highlighting their strengths and just managing the weaknesses the people that you know in those relationships because people quit managers right they don't quit jobs is the saying they're vastly more happy like and the mm-hmm. biggest deficit in happiness in the world is people who have a bad manager. It's something yeah. like 35% of the world's population in depression. Is no. f- the reason they cite is for is because they have a bad manager. I, I, I think and, I'm so, so used to doing my own thing. And I was called for jury duty. And I spent a day in the selection process. I didn't get selected. But the idea that someone is in control of my calendar, they were like, well, this case is coming up. You might be selected. You would be here for two weeks. And it was felt like my brain melted, and it it's like everything <laughs> fell apart. And I'm like, why did I ever move I to the U.S.? I'm such weeks. an idiot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just the idea that someone is in control of your calendar is, uh, yeah. So I I feel everybody's pain, but uh, yeah. Well, the other thing I've always done as a manager is people will say like, "Can I take vacation?" They'll ask you that, right? And I always say the same thing, which is like, <laughs> "No fucking way." Not <laughs> yeah, on my exactly. watch. Not on my clock. <laughs> I'm always like. Well, have you talked to the people that you're working with? Like, I, I don't approve or disapprove. You can you could be in Mexico right now if you're if you're getting your work done and you're actually bringing energy to work and doing, you know, what we're, we're paying you to do. I don't, I don't care where you are, or how you're spending your time. Yeah. But um, is that you the, think it, that's sustainable, the, the remote thing? Well, you know, and unlimited vacations, like another weird thing, right? Um, yeah. That became standard. Uh I think people, you know, naturally find a way to get together for, you know, whether it's with friends or colleagues. I, I do think it's having it's in design and software. You know, software is going through a very difficult year this year after having several difficult years with the pandemic. Um, I, you know, there's a desire for I've noticed my teams like finding ways to get together in person. So and, uh, is most of I don't think team anyone close to each other in the same area. They're either in. The, on the East Coast or on the West Coast, or they're either okay. in Vancouver and Toronto. But um, yeah. I, I think I've shared with you before, we did this research, like the, my first job was a research assistant for like a teleworking researcher, like back in the 90s. And like they were researching people who did telework, which was like working on yeah. the phone, right? And they found that like, even if you forbade it, people would find a way to get together, you know, once a quarter mm. with their, their team. Yeah. You know, at a McDonald's or wherever, yeah. they would find a way. So um, the, the question of burnout is kind of alien to us, I would say. Yeah. But the question of stress is definitely... I can talk a lot about what triggers me as far as stress and how I deal with it. But I'm the last two, three years... I don't know. My, my whole career, I've just always been very excited to do my work. And there's been personal moments where I'm not happy about where I live or I'm not, I'm not excited mm. about the something, but my work has always been fun. So it's, I never, but you've always said, uh, what about when you, you, you have shared that like when you have, because back to that writer's block episode, you know, when you sit down and you're just having a really hard time. Yeah. But that's like half ideas. an hour. That's not like it's something mm. for a long time. That's more, I see. It, it, I compare that to running. Like we know we should run four times a week. And most mm-hmm. people don't do it. And it's that thing, like, once you're outside and you have your shoes on and you start running, it's fine. It's putting the shoes on and going outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. taking the and first so, step. So that's how I see it with sketching. Like, you know, one day you start and you don't feel good, you stop after 10 minutes, and the next day you do 20 minutes. And uh, mm-hmm. that's not the... The biggest stress to me is more, oh, I there's a shipment of works that went to a gallery and the, the shipment is lost. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's yeah. stressful. Yeah. I do want to be honest though, that, you know, I said the, you know, I, you know, I've been a manager and you'd assume that I haven't had people that have, you know, that worked for me that didn't burn out, but I've had several, I've like, um, had at least three or four people work for me and burn out. So, yeah. Um, and this has all been during the pandemic. Did you did you always giving them a leave. feel responsible for that to happen, or did you feel that it, it's attributed to you, or that you did something? I don't wrong? know. Yeah, I mean, I of course I sought to understand, but um, you know, I had to create space for medical leave in those situations, right? 
and it's a serious what, what's condition. What's the law so. in, in Canada for, if you have that? Well, you have to get a doctor's note uh, to take a medical leave. And then um, how long to, are, will a job support that? It depends on the employer, but it can be between, you know, it could be two weeks, it can be three weeks. Um, it's rarely more than a month. Oh, um, in the Netherlands, it's like a year. I knew people. No, you won't, you won't get that in Canada. But yeah. um, you can apply for social assistance at that point. I'm not 100% um, sure if that's for everyone in the Netherlands, but I knew a few friends who either were off for half a year or a year, which I find... That's pretty tough if you're a small business, but these were large. Well, one of the interesting things is they refer to it as a mental health crisis, right? Um, but all, every employer I've worked for, no one uses the mental health resources that are made available. Like, like to the extent that there's a bucket of money to spend on mental health, and very few people ever use it. Um, okay. And so, like, in in my opinion, what I've observed is people, you know, they're all in various conditions, but basically feeling like they have no other choice and they just have to get the like turn the release valve. They usually in every case they've come back after a month refreshed, you know, feeling like they can get back into it, but they needed to, yeah. that reset. And it I, is a real medical yeah. thing. So I you know cuz I just wanted to make sure that was clear in the episode cuz we've been talking about it kind of through our personal lives and neither of us has ever been medically diagnosed with burnout, right? No. But, but one um, of the things as a sort of tip for creative people or artists is what you were saying, like being in the now, I don't think it literally yeah. means I'm not going to think about lunch because it's 11 a.m. It's more mm. do something and don't worry about the results. And mm-hmm. that sounds, um, it doesn't mean you have to be uh, an abstract expressionist and run into your studio and start throwing paint around. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is I noticed a lot of people in the NFT space and in the generative art space had mental health issues because they'll work on a project for a year, then release it, and then it doesn't do as well. Uh-huh. And they they yeah, were like, "Oh, I was going to pay my college, uh, my kids' oh, college God. tuition with this project." Yeah, I feel so bad. I've yeah. had, I've had friends in that situation. And too. my yeah. whole idea of creativity is that it's continuous. It's a daily thing. So you don't mm-hmm. try to run a marathon once a year. You train all the time, and. I think at some point, if you love running and you do it at, in the forest, you don't need the race. You don't need to prove yourself in a race. And yeah. So it's not an absolute, but what I mean, with anything you do, doing lots of small projects, small releases, uh, blogging often. I agree. Often, yeah. It, it can it, feel it like relieves. you have to like one-up yourself each time. But I, yeah. I've, it's been, I've been amazed that sometimes the things I did in like five minutes, just as a joke people like more than things I spent a year on. So. And that's what you mean. I think that's the core of this being in the now. It, it doesn't mean you have to uh, be a surfer and uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's exactly what you said. Like, I wasn't sure what I was doing, but it turned out great. And you also, tons of times you sat down and it didn't turn out great, but who cares? You had a good time doing it. What did you lose? Yeah. Yeah, the big projects become like sometimes suffocating, you know, like they're painful, especially if you know they're not going well and you still have to release them. <laughs> like, I'm at the point now in my career where like I know partway into a project whether it's going to be successful or not. And sometimes I know it's not like it was just the wrong start. I started in the wrong place, you know, and it's too and, late and, to yeah. do something different. And one of the things that I remember, I, I really love interviews with artists and uh, I think it's Chuck Jones the cartoonist mm-hmm. who made the Looney Tunes. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. I always mix up Chuck Close and Chuck Jones, but anyway, he said maybe yeah. artists or creatives or whatever you call it are not in competition with each other; they're in competition with themselves. So that's right. You and the other thing he said: everybody has ten thousand bad drawings in them, and the sooner you get them out of your system, the better. Well, we so, talked about this idea. So that, think you know, about those support. two things, yeah. and I, I think that solves everything. Just like you have to make ten thousand bad drawings, and you're not in competition with other people. Well, here's a question for you: Like, um, if you release something and you're really happy with it, but others don't get it, are you? Do you still feel self satisfied? Yeah. Well, I, I I think I mentioned this on the last episode that I don't think of works being good or bad, but I think of them as mm-hmm. a pantry, and then you make a recipe and like. Cinnamon on its own doesn't taste good, but cinnamon with yeah. apples and, and raisins tastes delicious. So nobody's going to just 
drink a jar of cinnamon. So you might have created your cinnamon and you don't know what to do with it yet, but you just put it in your pantry. Yeah. My favorite thing is just to have a bunch of different things on the go, though. So if I'm like exactly. getting bummed yeah. on one thing, I just move to the yeah. other one. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do understand, like, it's it's strange how um, the world, the structure of the world is just... I mean, we did the episode about freedom, but it just seems the U.S. seems about freedom, but it's not at all. And everybody's just forced into a lifestyle. And that if you're forced to do stuff you don't want to do I think you can tell your mind it's fine it's fine it's fine and at some point you just explode and maybe that's what yeah, burnout I mean, is yeah. yeah I sometimes you know when I was going through my vision problems which I still am but when it when it wasn't clear whether I'd you know maybe ever be able to return to um no pun intended work or yeah um I'd have these fantasies so this is like a bit of a weird thing to share but like that maybe I would be blind and that I would be like forced to sit in a room and like feel drawing or something, like come up yeah. with a new way of doing something. And they'd, they'd be like, Jeremy, no, you, the famous blind artist. I think, <laughs> I think you would, you would work in telemarketing. That's what you would do. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. <laughs> I was like looking forward to being like an inspirational story on CNN or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I hope that's foot. not offensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! The but actually, painting. I haven't. I, I came out of that less depressed and more energized, I think, than than I expected. Um, you know, like it's still an ongoing treatment thing. But I just, you know, I think I shared way back in previous episode that a it was like a tremendously weird lived experience, but b like made me grateful for you know, the life I've had up until now. And then but that, that says a lot about you. Like some people could, mm. could come out of it feeling like, wow, I can see. That's amazing. I, my eyes work. I'm so grateful. And other people could be like, everything could fall apart any second and they would become very anxious right, because right, of right. Be, like, it, have like because, PTSD. Yeah. It's a, it, so some people would take it as trauma and some people take it as inspiration. No. Yeah. My dad had a, like a violent incident. He like cut two of his fingers off. Like, just a little older than I am now. And it really rattled him. Like creatively, he like just lost felt interest very, in work. Very vulnerable after that. Yeah. Yeah. And he had to yeah. go through like post-traumatic stress treatments and I won't overshare, but it really, he kind of was never the same again, um, mm. which is sad. I kind of tear up thinking about it because he's, yeah. my dad's pretty, was a kind of a creative genius um, in like in advertising and design. And it seems so, like a, a, a person, a very energetic person. Where work was concerned, he enjoyed being around people and working. And I never heard him complain really about work. He would work hard and long hours, so I wouldn't see him that often. But I worked in his office with him. And throughout a day, um, he'd rarely get angry. He, he, you know, he was his own boss, of course, because he ran his own agency. But he had, and he had, but he had major deadlines, like million-dollar campaigns and print runs and things like that. And he always kept a level head. My mom tended to take the stress on for him, though I would say, because <laughs> she was the kind of yeah. like bookkeeper and CEO of the business. So maybe it was that. Like he was like, he always said, "I don't worry about the money. I just worry about." You know, being creative or doing a good job yeah. of the design. Well, that in a in a sense that frees up the mind to do that well, and then that's what I said. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 finance stuff, the the bookkeeping and the taxes. That's for most artists they can't afford to have someone that does it for them, and it's a big source of. I know, but what I was saying earlier, but I wish yeah. I wish the artist would care. It's just because I know so many people take advantage of the artist, right? Like, and so. I want the artist to care because I don't want I don't want the artist to kind of like get a bad deal. Well, it's like if you hire an investment advisor and they take five percent, right? Like when you hire someone to do some of the the that work for you, um, oh, you're like missing a, out like on an the artist manager or something. Yeah, but even software, like there's tons of snake oil people out there saying like we're gonna we promise you this, we'll we'll get you this growth, we'll get you that, like join our this. And at work, I'm promoting these ideas too because like. We have data and we think our tool is going to help you. But at the end of the day, I shouldn't be saying this, like my employer is probably going to hang me, but like there's no software that's going to make you a better 
creator or artist, right? There's, it's really, it's what we've been talking no, about. No, but the comes from. bookkeeping software has improved greatly. That's, di- that's different. Yeah. But you can do most of what is a bookkeeping software in an Excel spreadsheet. Like I used you, to do really that, and, and it, it was a bit of growing pains getting into the bookkeeping software, but now that it, yeah. it's much better. Yeah. But I would no, say... I mean, was, the, it, the main was, reason to do it is because making a mistake is costly, right? Like errors yeah. are the biggest cost yeah. you can make i'm just wary that like um off if an artist offloads everything to everyone else and doesn't understand the money there's this book called the e-myth the entrepreneur myth it's a really good book it's about um you know the the myth that you know you do what you love if you're an entrepreneur and that you should outsource all your finance stuff but in so doing, a lot of entrepreneurs fail because they never really fully understand yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how their product fits into the business. Whether it's baking or making paintings, you still need to understand your market and your margin. And I don't want to get into like you know all of the metrics that you should know, but you do need to understand your business, basically. But there, there's um, also, in the NFT space, a lot of people came out of fintech, so they're very savvy with the money part. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I've, and then they're artists as well, but I think it kind of clouds the mind when you know too much of that and you feel it in the work, like, oh, this is a bit too calculated and uh, money of was course. too much, yeah. uh, uh, was, was too present in the decision tree. And of course, there's so many NFT projects that are just about, you yeah. know, are about the finance itself. So yeah, that's a bit of a cliche. Even I indulged in that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, so I feel bad for anyone who's burnt out. But one thing, you know, we can offer is the Good Point podcast will be here for you. <laughs> yeah, free of charge. Ever... <laughs> We're here as your best friend every no, week or every other but the, week that we feel the, like. The weird thing is um, knowing how I do things or how my friends do things and then telling people who are in a burnout situation is like, yeah, just you know, be chill and be cool. And well, no one wants your advice, right? No, yeah. no. But I, I, it's, it's that thing. Uh, like, I saw a, a friend after not having seen them for ten years, and we had lunch in Tokyo and just talking about stuff. And it was just funny, like all the stuff that were irritating in our lives before was still there in the exact same way. And <laughs> what was so that example? What's here? Uh, well, she always would work late and then come home and then want to do lots of stuff. That's she, She's someone who goes to bed late. Oh, and yeah. I'm someone who wakes up really early. It's my ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she's joking. She's married now with someone and they have the exact same conflict. He's a morning person and she can't get, go to mm. sleep because she just has so much energy in the evening. And we were just joking like, yeah, people don't change. It's we try, but we don't change. So it's better to. No, accept that's what I was thoughts. saying earlier. Yeah. Don't define yourself by your weaknesses, right? Define yourself by your strengths. Yeah. And so many people kind of define themselves because the world defines you by your weaknesses. Very rarely does the world come out and say, "Hey, you're amazing at this. <laughs> you do more of that." When you when it does happen, it happened to me. I remember in art school. Uh, Colin Campbell, who was my first video art professor, he's like, "You're really good at this." And I feel like he was lying to me. But he was the first teacher to ever say that. I had been a terrible yeah. student. And suddenly, yeah. like, I became like an A student overnight because I was like, this guy believes in me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so if you do it, find someone amazing. like that, yeah. that's a good friend. But yeah. then uh, I have a hard time. Uh, I, I've always thought of this podcast as a source of uh, just telling people how we do it and not necessarily knowing if that's applicable. So hopefully this mm-hmm. helps. But it's very hard to just tell people like, yeah, just chill. It's fine. It's uh, Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I think it's a good, rem- it's a reminder to me though, that like, you know, the recognition thing you said earlier, I think is the really good point, which is like, if you have a friend, you know, who's a little bit, who, who's, you know, low energy, I know you can't change all their circumstances, but certainly you can share with them, you know, why you're there, you're, you, you think they're great, right? Like you can share some of their strengths with them. And we're so, I don't know why we're, I think this is a cultural problem which is that we feel awkward complimenting each other, but we feel comfortable bitching about each other. Um, and I yeah, don't know but what I, we're afraid I, of. I do think the compliment thing, in a way, is also... If it's artificial. No, 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 no. no. That's not my point. But 
the compliment thing and you asking the question, when you make a work and not that many people respond, how do you feel about it? And I really try to... Here's how I see the life of You have of to like artist. it yourself. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. You have to get past liking or not liking. You just have to think, mm. I want to make it, I want it to exist, and that's it. And you're just like, I wanted to make it. I don't know what it is. I, it's not for me yeah. to say. And so I, th I feel like when you follow an artist... Uh, I was making this analogy, I don't know if it works, but when you take a shower, you're not analyzing every drop, you're just enjoying the whole stream of water. <laughs> that's a good one. And so that's yeah. what an artist should be, it should just be like a faucet that is just like stuff coming out all the time, and some people like one thing more than the other, who cares, but the water keeps running. Just keep the water running. That's, that's yeah. all. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Because and maybe be kind to yourself, though, in that in that sense. Like if you if if it doesn't work out, you know, who cares? Just do another one, right? Yeah, or try something different. Maybe you're better at cooking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm terrible at cooking, but I love it. That's actually <laughs> a great example. It's a good point. Well, like, I, I do I th think that's a good point of people feel very uh, uninhibited in other things like sports or cooking, and mm -hmm. yeah. Like but if I opened a restaurant, it would it would be considered it would be a total flop. But <laughs> I eat I I cook for myself every day, you, and I'm I'm perfectly be, content. What would be your restaurant idea if you had My to do one? My restaurant concept. Um, I just had Momos last night. I, I like the idea of a, <clears throat> it would be a, a restaurant of every kind of dumpling from every culture because every mm. culture has dumplings. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it'd be called the dump. Yeah. <laughs> with the poop emoji as a logo <laughs> it would be a hit i tell you <laughs> jeremy take a loan do it yeah <laughs> it's like oh man i've never been this happy i'm taking dubs all the time and making money <laughs> anyway what would your restaurant be um i think it would be onigiri and miso soup and like Three mm. kinds of miso soup and three onigiri. Not soba? I'm surprised. No, I think that's for other specialists. It's too hard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nigiri is pretty tough. Onigiri. My yeah, cat is, uh, by the way, my cat's triangle. suffering some severe anxiety here with us on the podcast. If you hear uh -huh. the cat jumping around, they were the literally cat. rubbing their face on the screen. Is, is Scully is the name? Yeah, Scully. Scully's yeah. like, it's time to stop. The, yeah, the podcast give me some attention. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone on long now. What are you doing? That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for the question. Um, yeah, I hope. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious talking about problems that I don't have, so I, I hope it's okay. But uh, uh, Well, Jack yeah. just asked us to, like, you know, have we, have we ever done a proper episode on burnout? And, yeah. And uh, didn't say that he has burnout. <laughs> so. No. We do hope but, you're well, Jack. Um, yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a contemporary condition. I don't know if you know. I, I wonder, like, as a final point here, it's like if you went back to like Victorian well, I, England, I, I, I you know, would you just, find people burnt out in the factory? No, but one one addendum to this whole thing is that yeah, let's do it. Um, someone asked me, "What do you do to calm down when when work is hectic?" And I. It's right now I'm pretty busy, but I used to have the opposite problem where there's not enough going on. And so mm -hmm. uh, that makes you anxious. It, no. It, it, yeah. Or sad or bored or whatever. And it, for a while I would just go to the movies once a day. And it, but you feel like I wish there were more projects and more things going on, but it's just kind of slow right now. And it's kind of a bummer. So that's the opposite of a burnout. Like you have a lot of energy, but not enough opportunities. Mm -hmm. And of course, you create your own opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it's just slow. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in any business, you're like, okay, our product's done. Everybody's excited. Uh, oh, nobody's excited. No, yeah. I like this addendum. Okay, this yeah. is officially the addendum to the addendum. But like in this addendum, it's like uh, my whole life, people have um, been like, Jeremy, you work too hard. Jeremy, you're working too hard. Jeremy, get off the computer. And, uh, and at you're times, like, this makes me happy. Literally, I would have a, I would be laughing or I'd have a grin on my face or I'd be so focused I couldn't even hear them. And so it's always been, I've always, I've been conflicted like you, about this and maybe there's a whole like episode a on this. You're like a work apologist. Like, 
Yeah, but well, I they enjoy. would say, Jeremy, you're a workaholic. I'm like, well, I mean, do you enjoy a cocktail from time to time? I just happen to enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy making things. Um, yeah. And would you? And they'd be like, why don't you go out drinking or doing this or that, right? Like, because I'm I don't really do that stuff. And I've made I don't know some of my best friendships have been people I've collaborated with and worked with. And so, I don't know. I just want to give people permission to do what they love and not feel bad about it. I don't. I, I'm and it, I think that. Could lead me to burnout, maybe. But um, I've always found it disrespectful. Like I'll, like I have agency enough to say whether I'm enjoying yeah, or not it's, enjoying work. You know? It's almost like uh, you're talking to a child and they're watching too much TV. Yes, that's it. Like I'll, this is my goddamn Fruit Loops. I'm an adult. Like I'll, I'll eat my <laughs> sugar cereal if I want to. I eat oatmeal every day, so don't eat yeah. Loops. <laughs> don't even go there. Um, yeah, but it seems you, this what is what I think. What uh, well, right now, frozen fruit, uh, like you know, mixed berries, that kind of thing. And, and what kind of oatmeal? Uh, walnuts. Uh, I do steel cut right now. I'm on. I've been on steel cut for maybe four or five years. Wait, what is steel cut? <laughs> it's the. It's like a more raw version of oatmeal, like it hasn't yeah. been steamrolled or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I love flat. oatmeal, especially in the winter. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, don't feel ashamed if you're working and you're like, I, I just want that out there that like, it's okay to work and enjoy work. Um, cause I've been, I felt burnt yeah. out on vacation from time to time, to be honest with you. Like, oh, it's like the itinerary vacation gives me stress in the sense that it, it has to be cool. And then you're looking into vacation and I'm really bad at finding, I, I always, mm. I always I stayed with sense. my family in Brazil. So I never had to think about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know you were stressing it the last time when we were booking the Airbnb. Yeah. Um, but this time I found a cool place through a friend options. in Long Island that hopefully you guys will join. And, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Your friend stepped up and helped us yeah. out. I will. Yeah, we will join. I think um, I'll take my first trip out east but this spring. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I yeah. think, I think um, society puts a lot of pressure also on people back to this question of vacation also like you hear all these stories like oh i found the most amazing airbnb it was 12 dollars for three years and it was so cool and we got everything for free and everybody was so nice and then you go on airbnb and everything's expensive and you're like well i'm an idiot how did that person figure that out and it's the same with careers everybody talks about like oh yeah my boss is great and i get all these free things and everybody does what i want and da 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 and then you feel like you have to live up to that expectation. And Well, what's hilarious about that for me is like for a good 10 years while I was at FreshBooks, literally everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like every artist friend I had had no, like no one would, everyone was like, don't do that. Why are you doing that? And I was enjoying it. So I had to like keep it a secret. Um, oh yeah. And then the and podcast accounting was, software your, was your coming like, out. Yeah. 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 Talking about it on the podcast is actually... Yeah. Um, a big deal for me. So. I, I do think that the the loneliness of the uh, fine artist on their own uh, in the studio, it's not for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I would say get a full-time job and everyone's like, wow, you're an artist? What's that like? It's a mess. Be amazing. You get all the... <laughs> You get all the compliments. The The yeah. view the outside world has of the artist is that they're having the time of their lives um, mm. and that they're like this kind of, you know, that it's this like rare fox that you only see once... In a blue moon kind of thing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. But then they ask you, so what kind of art do you make? And that's when the, the joy ends, the, the eyes <laughs> glaze over. Yeah, like, I do mail campaigns <laughs> and, and yeah, targeted exactly. ads. I do uh, email marketing and targeted <laughs> Lots of CRM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks again, Jake, for the question. Or yeah. sorry, Jack, not Jake. Jack Rieger. Um, yeah. And... And thanks for listening. Send in your questions because I think this is the last we had in the the box, or maybe not. I'm not sure. We have to double check. I think we um, have a couple. Yeah, we have a couple more. Um, yeah. yeah, we're kind of freestyling here, so yeah. Uh, All right. Thanks everyone. Yeah, so do we have a do, wait 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 before we go? Do we have a field recording? No, we don't. Because then think so. we should ask for field recording. Well, we do. Yeah. We just got one, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah. we just got one. I, well, I saw the email. I didn't. I guess we're well, going to put Harry it Styles here. Con- Oh yeah, it's a Harry Styles concert. It's uh, Nadine sent it in, and it's the second night of a Harry Styles concert in Melbourne. Fans are singing along and cheering. Um, God, that sounds like a real 
great time. Harry Styles can't possibly be burnt out, can he? Actually, oh, we, we didn't did, even talk we didn't about talk how pop stars burn out. Rock stars and drug addictions and all—that's all burnout. Yeah. Oh boy, we missed that that opportunity. Yeah. Like Britney Spears, where where? Oh man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I guess there's Next a bunch time. of tragic examples of visual artists who uh, took their own life and yeah. <laughs> that would have been good content. Oh yeah. well. Oh well. We made a mistake. Episode. Yeah, we'll do the. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye bye. Enjoy, Harry. Bye. <laughs>